Hello, this is Robert Whitaker with a further podcast. In a previous podcast, we looked at the small muscles of the hand, and it's now time to look at the sensation of the skin over the hand itself. It would be advantageous for you, for this podcast, to have the accompanying figure, although I hope you'll be able to understand it without it. The skin of the hand is supplied, in a simple manner, by the three main nerves that are passing down the arm, the ulna, the median, and the radial. In essence, we can say that the medial or ulna, one and a half fingers, both on the dorsal and the ventral side, are supplied by the ulna nerve. The rest of the hand on the palmar side is supplied by the median nerve and a similar area on the dorsal side by the radial. But it is a little bit more complex than that and there are some clinical implications because of it. First, let's take the ulna nerve approaching the wrist. It's lying just posterior or deep to the flexor carpi ulnaris with the ulna artery on its lateral side. Approximately two centimetres above the wrist, but this is quite variable, it gives off a dorsal cutaneous branch. This small branch passes deep to the tendon of flexor carpi ulnaris and onto the dorsal surface of the hand. It's this small branch that supplies the skin of the dorsal side of the medial one and a half fingers and the equivalent area on the back of the hand. Supply from this nerve probably stops short of the nail beds as they are probably supplied by the digital branches on the palmar side. The next little branch that comes off the ulnar nerve again is above the flexor retinaculum and this is the palmar cutaneous branch of the ulna which passes onto the hypothena eminence and supplies the skin over it. This supply stops short of the actual fingers. The main ulnar nerve then passes through the canal of Guillon, which is of course superficial to the flexor retinaculum, and then it divides into a deep branch which goes down past the hook of the hamate and deep into the hand to supply the muscles. And then the superficial branch of the ulnar nerve continues. It does have a very small branch which goes to palmaris brevis and then it emerges into the skin at the distal part of the hypothena eminence to give off digital branches which supply the medial or ulna one and a half fingers on the palmar side. So it's interesting to compare the skin sensation on the palmar and dorsal side of the hand on the ulna side. And what we see is that on the dorsal side there's a single nerve which supplies the back of the hand and the one and a half fingers whilst on the palmar side it is in fact two separate nerves. Proximally on the hypothena eminence there's the palmar cutaneous branch and distally on the fingers themselves there's the digital branches of the ulnar nerve. So that completes the distribution of the ulnar nerve to sensation in the hand. Now let's have a look at the median nerve. As we know the median nerve passes deep to the flexor retinaculum in the carpal tunnel but before it does so, perhaps a centimetre or two above the flexor retinaculum, it gives off a very important branch called the palmocutaneous branch of the median nerve. Because this nerve goes superficial to the flexor retinaculum and supplies the thena eminence, it's clear that it's not going to be damaged in the carpal tunnel syndrome. So this means that typically in the carpal tunnel syndrome, we should get no loss of sensation over the thenar eminence. 
The main median nerve continues, of course, deep to the flexor retinaculum and then emerges deep in the hand where it passes not only to muscles but finally at the distal part of the thenar eminence it gives off its digital branches to the fingers. These are, of course, the three and a half radial fingers. These branches pass over the tip of the fingers to supply the distal part of the fingers and nail beds on the dorsal surface of the thumb, the index finger, the middle finger and half the ring finger. So, apart from a very small area on the proximal aspect of the thenar eminence, which is supplied by the radial nerve, that completes the sensation for the palmar surface. So now let's look at the dorsal side of the hand. We've already seen that the dorsal cutaneous branch of the ulna supplies the medial one and a half fingers, and the whole of the rest of the hand on the dorsal side is supplied by the superficial branch of the radial nerve. This nerve has run down the forearm under cover of the brachioradialis, and then it's emerged on the dorsal side of the tendon just before its attachment, and then it's run superficially over the tendon of extensor pollicis longus. As we said, it supplies the whole of the dorsal surface of the hand other than what we've already described as being supplied by the dorsal cutaneous branch of the ulna. Note, of course, that it stops short of the nail beds and distal fingers, which is supplied by the median and ulna nerves, respectively. Now, a very important concept is the autonomous area of a nerve. Because there is normally so much crossover by the various nerves, we need to reserve the term for as autonomous as the area supplied by a nerve in which there is no crossover or overlap. This is the area that, if the nerve is damaged, is bound to lose sensation. So the autonomous area for the radial nerve is, in fact, over the muscle, the first dorsal interosseous, or we could call it the first web space. That's just the spot that we'd test for sensation if we thought there was damage to the radial nerve. If we return for a minute to the palmar surface, we'll see that there are also autonomous areas for both the ulna and the median. For the ulna, it's the pulp of the little finger, and this is logical because it's about as far away as you get from any other nerve distribution. For the median nerve, it is the pulp of the index finger, and once again, this is as far as one can get from any other nerve. So that covers the sensation of the hand. But just for revision purposes, let's just mention the motor branches. For the median nerve in the hand is going to supply the lateral two lumbricals and the three muscles in the thena eminence. The flexor pollicis brevis, the opponens pollicis and the abductor pollicis brevis. And you remember that it is the latter muscle that we test when we're testing for motor activity of the median nerve in the hand. The deep branch of the ulnar nerve is going to supply the three small muscles in the hypothenar eminence, the flexor digiti minimi brevis, the opponens digiti minimi, and the abductor digiti minimi. It then supplies the medial two lumbricals and all seven interossei muscles. It then, most importantly, ends in the adductor pollicis. 
we've already discussed how we test clinically for the activity of these nerves in the hand elsewhere on another podcast. Please note, of course, that there is no motor activity by the radial nerve in the hand. And so, with those comments on the motor activity and a description of the sensation of the hand, we'll end this short podcast. Thank you once again for listening. For the drawings that accompany this podcast, we ask you to look at our website, which is instantanatomy.net.